Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Buenos dias, aloha, uh, konnichiwa, um, aloha, did I say aloha? I don't know, but hello in any language possible, any uh, dialect possible here on Monday Football Monday on the SB Nation NFL show. A reminder before we keep going that this show is brought to you by our friends at DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNFL. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. As noted, this is the SB Nation NFL show. You can listen to us wherever you get your podcast. That's Apple devices, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, whatever. Search for the SB Nation NFL show. Subscribe. Leave a rating, write a review. Those things make our hearts happy. You can also watch us on the SB Nation NFL YouTube channel or the SB Nation NFL. Who knows what? Uh, we are in your hearts, and that's really what matters the most. When I say we, the fantastic Rachel Prevet is our fearless leader on the ones and twos. I am R.J. Ochoa. With me, as always, Mark Schofield, J.P. Acosta. J.P., uh, give me a hello in a language or a dialect that I did not mention, please. Oh, man. Is there one that you didn't mention? Uh, I said hello, buenos dias. Um, I guess which would best be Spanish, not hello, but um, aloha, konnichiwa. Um, so if you have like a French hello, maybe. Bonjour, um, maybe. Mar- bonjour. Is that a? There we go. Okay. <laughs> Nailed it. Mark, do you have a, a hello for us? I'll go Guten Tag. Oh, sure. Well done. That is uh, very, very well done. Um, we have a, a round of NFL action, um, however loose you want to be with that definition to discuss, um, which is what we're going to do here, which is what we're going to do every Monday here on Monday Football Monday. But before we start, uh, I'd like to ask each of you, Mark, I'll start with you first. What is a non-football thing you did this weekend? Any non-football thing. It can be anything Any you want. Any non-football thing. Well... I introduced right. uh, the rest of the family to my favorite Korean fried chicken place here near me, BBQ Chicken. Um, it was actually fantastic. And what really made it special was it led to some fights over the leftovers. Like the kids were fighting over the leftovers. We, My wife and I were fighting over leftovers. Anytime you're fighting over the leftovers, you know it was a good meal. Okay. Well, sounds like when we're up in Mark's neck of the woods, we know where yeah, we're, uh, we're grabbing some grub. Fantastic. Uh, we'll get yeah, it, but kids. enough leftovers yeah. for everyone. Yeah, for sure. Uh, JP, a non-football thing that took your time and energy this weekend. Yeah, I'm going to stick with the food theme. My girlfriend and I made a chicken parm. We had a little cooking date. It was real It was real cool. I never I never made chicken parm in my life. So this was a, a, this was a new challenge, but it turned out great. It was awesome. And I had some more of it after uh, after the date. Um, on the next day so it must have been it was really good it was really good and i had a lot of fun okay look at you jp with the the romance i mean you know cut making chicken parm that's a big step uh, in a relationship yeah. I mean, when my wife and i were dating i think it took like a year for us to get to that kind of level i mean that's a big step 
Yeah. Big step. Now, I, Big step. JP, I, I do have a question. Was it a single bread in or a double bread? Because I like to go double bread in. You go a light layer of flour, then the egg, then the actual bread in. Nice. We did double layer. We did flour, egg, and then the, uh, we did a mix of panko and then Ooh, the Italian. Very bread. nice. I love it. JP, I Maybe. am impressed. Um, was there wine involved at all? I mean, like, cause there was wine involved. I'm not a big wine person. I figured that out. I, <laughs> I figured out I'm not a big wine guy. Um, it just didn't taste great, but I was just there for the vibes. The vibes were high, so I finished it. Um, well, congratulations to you and um, and and the GF. Um, that uh, that sounds like a, a, a swanky sort of affair uh, in the Acosta household. So, uh, well done, RJ, JP. What about you? Very kind of you, Mark. Um, I um, so I was very excited because I saw that PGA 2K was one of the free games this month in the PlayStation Store. So I downloaded it. That is my like, I will play that game mindlessly forever. So as soon as the wife and kid went to sleep, threw on some podcasts, uh, not ours, because I listen to it, you know, when I do it. Um, But uh, but listen to some podcasts and start. I I have no problem admitting like I like to live um, vicariously through the or vicariously, whatever it is, uh, through the career mode of games like this. So like I was on the PJ tour in my mind. I started off on the corn ferry. You know what I mean? Like have to be humble, humble beginnings. Uh, so, um, you know, hopefully playing through our golf branch here at SB Nation will cover my career. Someday. There you go. We'll that see. will be fantastic. Yeah. And maybe, you know, if I'm in the Florida area, there's a lot of, you know, tournaments down there. Uh, JP will invite me to Temple Boat and cook up some chicken parm. You know what I mean? Um, we'll yeah, we got, got a fun little adventure. We have a, a plan for the future. Um, I Actually, I know Rachel uh, is going to award the MFW MVP, but I think to segue us into football, Rachel, you were at the Ravens. Eagles game is that correct uh can you offer us some insight some takeaway on how your heart was torn um having to watch uh your favorite team and the team that you cover here at SB Nation um you had the fit going it, it looked like a great day to be Rachel Burnett I did go with neutral colors on you know I could have wore a jersey but I didn't I chose to wear gray so that was nice but I did get some pictures that was like my first time not my first time but my second time at M&T Big Stadium so I got like a picture out front of the um, stadium with like the Ray Lewis statues. That, that was a lot of fun. Um, and I was very torn. I was literally just telling JP and Mark this before the show. Uh, never experienced that before. But, you know, I got to cheer for both. It was cool to see them all at the same place at one time. But, you know, kudos to the Ravens for being able to keep the streak going, even though they played Tyler Huntley and uh, Justin Tucker. So, yeah, it was cool. Good vibes. Uh, it's very cool that that's like a thing now that like people have to look forward to at Ravens games is the preseason streak. Uh, by the way, uh, just like a subtle way to say that I was late to the show. Like I was telling Mark and JP before the show, uh, blah, blah, blah. So Slid thank you, Rachel, for that. Professional. Uh, yeah. Um, so no big deal. I mean, my feelings aren't hurt or anything, uh, but uh, that's awesome. Glad you had a good time. MNT Bank uh, Stadium, the home of the Washington Sentinels once upon a time. Um, okay. Uh, JP, I want to start with you here because I think you're probably the most triggered by this. Um, Anthony Richardson made his professional debut over the weekend, uh, and some people think he sucks. Some people think he stinks. Um, meanwhile, other people think he's amazing. Uh, where do you fall on this line of discussion and debate? I think he just played fine. I think he played like a guy who was taking his first snaps in the NFL for the first time ever. The interception was bad. I think there are a lot of stuff that he can learn from in that situation, in that throwing that interception. I think the Bills threw a, threw a blitz at the Colts' offensive line that completely messed up the entire passing concept. It was supposed to be like a quick RPO. I think they said Isaiah McKenzie ran the route short, and that completely screwed up the entire pass. That stinks. 
of course, there were going to be some high moments, like Anthony Richardson absolutely bulldozing a corner on a zone read keeper, and then the beautiful pass he threw over the top to Alec Pierce. I think we should all just relax with the rookie quarterbacks. I think we all just need to take a chill pill. This was the first game that they had played since, I mean, at least for C.J. Stroud, since like February. We should all just relax. They were going to look, there were going to be ups and downs. It wasn't going to be perfect in their first game, in their first NFL action. I think they had some, I think they all had good moments, especially Anthony Richardson. They had good moments. They had flashes of what made them top picks. And that's really what you want to see. If you want to see the flashes and you want to see the concept, what is the idea of the offense going in? It's, it's like week one of the preseason. We don't really need to see anything massive and we don't need to t- have any massive takeaways from one drive of preseason action. Mark, um, are you, do you have a, a polar opinion on this? Like one way or the other? Uh, I JP's was really pretty like much in lockstep with JP on this. We need to calm down. Like we legitimately need to calm down. Now I know that people get excited to have football back and we want to fire off the takes and we want to confirm the priors. If Pierce makes that catch and it goes for a touchdown, we're having a wildly different conversation about Anthony Richardson right now. The conversation is probably maybe he's the best rookie quarterback out of the class. People will overreact in the absolute opposite direction. The big thing, and JP knows this, he's, he's you know, having gone to the senior bowl. You watch that first Tuesday practice, right? It's like a baseline event. It's like, okay, here's where they're starting from. Now you want to see where they go. That's what week one of the preseason is for rookie quarterbacks, right? This is where they are right now. Now we want to see, okay, do they fix and clean up that RPO? If they see a similar look, does Richardson pull it down? Does he do something different? Does he throw it into the first row of the stands? Like you want to see how they progress from here. We can't like, I know we want to wildly overreact to it. He played okay. That's fine. Stroud played okay. That's fine. I know Stroud threw a bad pick. I'm going to talk about that later. It's all fine. You want to see where they go from here. So I'm not going to wildly overreact in any direction with these guys, except for Malik Cunningham. I'll talk about him later. I do think that uh, Anthony Richardson is the subject to the most volatile um, thoughts because uh, of the potential of the like meme ability of the Colts last year. Um, and there are reports that Jonathan Taylor is set to return to Colts training camp this week. So like the take will now be like, oh, well, you know, things are going to be even better for Anthony Richardson right now. Like he is just just this like moldable take uh, that people. Well, are he was the moldable prospect, too. Because he was like the most polarizing prospect of the group. Like, you either loved him or you hated him. And so you're either going to love what he's doing or you're going to hate what he's doing. I think he's that's just going to be the story of his rookie season is people read it into what they want to see. And I think an important thing to remember about Anthony Richardson's rookie season is that he only started 13 games at Florida. He hasn't thrown a lot of passes, like, at the college level. He hasn't thrown a lot of passes at the NFL level. It is going to take time. It's not going to look perfect right away. But the most exciting thing about this offense and what potentially the offense could look like is Anthony Richardson can elevate the floor of the offense while he learns about passing in the NFL with his running ability. We've seen what Shane Steichen did with the Eagles, with Jalen Hurts' ability as a runner to cause conflict to opposing defenses. And Anthony Richardson can do the same thing, if not better, than Jalen Hurts. I mean, you're not going to find guys who are 6'4", I think they said now he's up to like 250 pounds and runs a 4'4'40 at 21 years old. You don't find guys like that very often. So 
it's going to take time. But really, all you need to see in the first week of the preseason is what what do you think this offense is going to look like? What is it going to be based in? You need to have a foundation, you know, some some sort of idea of what to expect in the preseason, in the regular season. You don't need to see exactly like results right away. You don't need to be going out and scoring 40 points in the preseason. But it's cool to see the proof of concept, the idea that you're bringing into the offense. The good news for Anthony Richardson is that if it it doesn't work out um, and he plays for a few other teams in the NFL, at some point in the future, he can wear like his Colts shorts and his like, you know, Buccaneers jersey and like his Raiders helmet or whatever. And exactly. That's that's what I'm saying. Uh, So like the the path has been late. Uh, Carson Wentz has has been a trailblazer in that sense. Um, I mentioned the Raiders helmet. The Raiders had their way with the 49ers, which is obviously indicative of everything to come. Uh, in the 2023 NFL season. I want to save JP's take here because he was really sensitive about this last week. Uh, so, Mark, Trey Lance did not look well. Uh, I mean, it, it continues to be a struggle, bust sort of situation for Trey Lance. Sam Darnold, though, um, you know, perked some eyebrows. Um, I mean, where, where are, like, do we... I guess my question is, do we feel like we know more about the 40 or maybe even care more about the 49ers quarterback situation than we did at this time a week ago? I mean, I, I think it's pretty much status quo for the most part. It's it, They're going to give Lance an opportunity to win that QB2 job, but it seems like Darnold is slowly doing what he can to take it away from him. I mean, Lance had some moments where he just didn't see underneath defenders. Like he had the touchdown pass in the end zone that went through an underneath defender's hands. He had another play underneath went right through the underneath defender's hands. Like that's going to be a problem for him that he needs to overcome. And we know in that offense, look, if you can just get to the right read, put the ball where it needs to be, Kyle Shanahan's going to be pretty happy with you. And that's kind of what Sam Donald seemed to do. Now, having written a couple of years before when he was in Carolina that, oh, maybe we're seeing the new Sam Donald. I'm wary of going all in on that because I've been burned before. I still think that Lance is going to get opportunities because I think there are sections of that playbook he can unlock that, Donald and perhaps even Purdy can't, but it's the basic things that you need to do in that offense that he seems Lance seems to still be sort of struggling with. I still want to see him keep that QB two job, but the odds are slipping away from him right now. JP. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I agree with Mark in that the QB two job is kind of slipping through Trey Lance's fingers. But I also think that it's watching the 49ers yesterday was kind of a larger endemic problem that the NFL has. And there is a large lack of quality offensive line depth around the NFL. It is it's generally very bad. And of course, it's because like you're not going to find guys who are six, four and above 300 plus pounds and above just walking down the street. You're not going to find guys like that who aren't already on an NFL roster. So it's really just, it just stood out to me how lack of, how bad that offensive line was. Of course, Trey Lance had his own issues, like Mark said, with getting to the underneath defender. Um, He had a lot of trouble sensing pressure, which was kind of Jimmy G's biggest problem, was sensing pressure from blitzes, from defensive linemen who got free. Um, he did have some good moments. I think he, there were a bunch of passes where he threw over the middle that looked really nice. I think that's probably his greatest trait right now is how aggressive he is throwing the ball over the middle of the field. But like I said, it was it was a little it was rough. It was rough. And 
you kind of want to see him with the starters or with some actual like competent offensive line play in order to draw a fair and accurate the fair and accurate like depiction of what Trey Lance could be in a not a not a perfect world but at least semi perfect so it looked kind of bad but it also didn't really change anything for me. You're both really tapped into football Twitter. Um, and so t- correct me if I'm wrong. I, are there like Trey Lance stands remaining? You know what I mean? Like, like, is there like a hive that, that is like, no, you know, like that is explaining there, away, there are you know, some, any, like, but their numbers are dwindling. It seems very much like more just like 49ers Twitter in general seems to be of the mind that like, Lance has probably seen his days run out in San Francisco. There seems to be a lot of sentiment that with what happened this weekend, Darnold won that QB2 job. You know, So it seems like there's right. a bigger portion of 49ers Twitter that's just ready to turn the page. And we talked last week about you know where Lance could potentially end up via trades. Who knows if that does happen? But at least for my spin around X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it, it seems like the Lance contingent is dwindled in numbers. They're rather quiet right now. And most of 49ers Twitter or X is like, okay, well, I guess Sam Darnold is our QB2 now. When you said, I think it was also like a bunch of, a lot of apathy for 49ers fans. Like, it's just like, please. Get well, this they've story been through the QB with. wars for like four seasons now. I mean, at some point, you get they're tired the, of them. They're the least significant wars of all time. Like they're the wars that they keep winning. Like I, you right. know what I mean. Like that's why. Like I, I don't feel sorry for them whatsoever. Like this isn't like a, you know, like a Browns jersey in like the mannequin situation where like they're completely and totally lost. Like they're fine. You know what I mean? It's just unconventional. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, but still, look. It's again. It's August. It's sort of what we were talking about at the outset. Like they got to have things to talk about. So I guess they'll keep fighting about the quarterback until that's done. And everybody's, everybody's yeah. got stand group. No matter how no matter how bad it looks, the stands will always be there. So I wouldn't be surprised if there are a bunch of Trey Lance, still a lot of Trey Lance truthers out there. To that point, um, before the weekend started, I saw that Jalen Smith signed with the New Orleans Saints, and there are still stands. Like I, I thought that that had gone away forever in the NFL, but you know, lo and behold, the Army holds strong. Uh, Never wrong. So just good for Jalen, I suppose. That's right. Um, I, this wasn't on the rundown, but I wanted to bring it up because I saw the Garrett Wilson uh, clip on Good Morning Football right now. We could talk about that in a second. But the Broncos debut was awful. Uh, and it, more than being awful, it was like a tough scene uh, because Sean Payton left the Broncos starters in like almost the whole first half, basically. Um, and it took like you know tooth and nail for them to finally score. Um, it does mark kind of you know, feed the idea that like, this is just this cursed French. I mean, it's hilarious objectively, but I mean, like um, I'm and in a weird way, like, in, like as a, a fan of chaos, I'm sort of rooting for this. Like I'm, I'm rooting for it to be like even worse. You know what I mean? Like, especially like with the Nathaniel Hackett stuff, like I'm kind of team Hackett on this, which I'm surprised about. Um, but, um, but yeah, it feels like the Broncos are like swirling down the drain. Yeah. And when you've got the like Arizona Cardinals social media team, like just viciously dunking on you, like that's not a good spot to be in as a franchise, but that's what happened after that game. And yeah, I mean, it, it got the sense leaving the starters in, you know, for those of you that watched the movie miracle about the 1980 U S hockey team, you had that vibe in that moment when they had the exhibition game and they didn't play well. And he kept having them do suicides after the, you know, the life again. again, and just blowing the whistle. That's yeah. what it felt like. And I don't think it's going to end up that way with them somehow winning a Super Bowl title. I think it's, probably going to go the chaos direction like you outlined it seems like it's a bad situation 
And there were a lot of people that thought that Peyton's comments when he made them about the Hackett coaching job and how bad it was, was just him sort of laying the foundation for, look, I walked right. into a nightmare. Even I can't fix this. You know, people that know Peyton said that. So seems like that's the road we're going down. So before I start with what I'm going to say, I do want to acknowledge that both Mike McGlinchey and Garrett Bowles did not play for the Broncos offensive line in the first half when the starters were in. That is a very important point. Who cares? However, Let it there rip. were two major things that I saw with watching the Broncos offense. The first one is Russ, man. We, You got to stop. You got to stop doing this. You got to please. Because the biggest thing that stood out to me is Russ still does not look confident in himself in throwing the quick game. And that's going to be a major problem. If you cannot throw the quick game, that means – you are basically relying on the run game to be your form of instant short yardage offense. And I think Sean Payton understands that. That's why they did all the things they did in the offseason, because they knew Russ couldn't throw a quick game. And it's not just Russ can't throw a quick game. It's that Russ just doesn't see it, whether it be because he's short or because he is scared of pressure, which is jarring to think about when it's short yardage, quick game. You do not need to take a sack in quick game situations. It was really bad. Second. The offensive line was very bad. And you're going to get the Cardinals backups. I know McGlinchey and Garrett Bowles did not play, but the three interior guys were all starters and all those guys didn't play good. Like it's just, it's a whole bunch of compounding problems right now. And I do think there were some good things that Russ did that the offense did where they got him into play action where deep pockets, where it's an under center, seven step drop on the play action. And then you throw the ball downfield like that. All that to say, Maybe Pete and Brian Schottenheimer were right. Maybe they had the they maybe they had the plan all along, and they knew how Russell Wilson would age. And now that we're seeing it unfold in Denver, I think Pete Carroll should take a little victory lap. Uh, that is Dallas Cowboys offensive coordinator Brian Schottenheimer, JP. Um, and that is I've realized. Um, so the the two of you are aware of my slant, uh, which I'm not above admitting. Um, I used to hate. Matt Ryan because I used to feel like he was Tony Romo without like the criticism like that that used to bother me greatly as a Cowboys fan and I have sort of come to hate Sean Payton because like everyone like you know rejoices his his name and like lays out red carpets for him and like treats Mike McCarthy like this ultimate loser so I'm not above like admitting I have a bias here um, so that being said it's kind of nice it's kind of nice seeing like Sean Payton sort of flounder and, and you know fall in the wind so I'm kind of rooting for that in this sense to sort of justify Mike McCarthy and to your point JP now to justify Brian Schottenheimer like I'm all invested in this like I, I like the Broncos like as a, as a historical franchise but I kind of need them to fail to like feed my personal vendetta yeah and I think Sean Payton is a very good coach it's just the quarterback man like you don't we know what you're going to get from Russ at this stage in his career. He is not changing how he is going to play quarterback. However, if he's not going to change, he has to get better at what he's doing. And if he's not going to be able to throw quick game on a shotgun and just be scared all the time, and if he can't escape pressure like he used to because he's, what, 33, 34 years old, the, the Russ magic doesn't work like it used to. Like you, have to you have to modify your game now. And it doesn't feel like Russ is doing that well enough to the point where like, hey, like I know we said earlier, it might be like it's week one of the preseason. We need to relax a bit. But this is a little bit alarming because of what we saw last year. It was the same thing. But you changed you changed everything except the quarterback. 
and it still looks the same. That's a problem. Um, Mark, uh, last thing, did you notice, or if you did, what were your thoughts on the Cardinals' new uniforms? But I understand if you didn't notice. I mean, they're eh, not, really not a big fan. I feel like, and I think JP wrote about this. Like, they were pretty underwhelmed. Yeah, I mean, when, when they came out, but everybody was like, wait till, like, they're in a yeah. game. You know what I'm saying? Like, they were, they were gross. No, they were lame and dumb. Like yeah. I mean, it's, it's I, I, I don't understand two things when it comes to uniforms. Why do teams put the logo on the jersey? Like, the logo's on the helmet. You know what I mean? Like, literally, like, a foot up. Why, why, do, why do you have, like, a patch on your jersey? Like, if, if it's going to be, like, a Cardinal, have it be a different Cardinal. You know what I'm saying? Like, not the same yeah. one. Um, also, why do you need the name of the city? Or like the word Cardinals, you know, like what I don't understand why there, there shouldn't be any font on your jersey. It should, except for the name. Yeah, right it, it just seems like um, I'm not a fan. Um, actually, this is the last thing. Um, did you did either of you see the Garrett Wilson thing? Um, Absolutely. So, I so uh, Mark, correct me if I'm wrong. So Garrett Wilson did a sideline yes. interview during the preseason opener, uh, wearing a bucket yeah. hat, no, no, and sunglasses, no. a Gilligan hat. Oh, thank you. Excuse me. Oh my um, and uh, sunglasses yeah. didn't have his jersey right. on. And this is Sean Payton had gone on this, like, I guess a diatribe of sorts um, last week and said, like, I don't want to see that. Um, so do you buy that this was Garrett Wilson, you know, trolling Sean Payton, I guess? One hundred percent. Absolutely. I mean, he got it like every single item on that not to do list. He checked off like sunglasses. Check. Gilligan hat. Check. Interview in game. Check. Uniform on. Absolutely not. Like he went right down the list that Sean Payton outlined. Like, and again, we've talked about this. We need rivalries. We need beef. And if we're going to get Jets Broncos as the beef this year, instead of say Eagles Niners or anything else that's available, fine. Let's lean into it. I, he absolutely knew what he was doing. I'm actually impressed at how yeah. deliberate he went about being yeah. a hater. And that's the, that's the most impressive thing about being a hater. When you go to extreme lengths, where you go to even the smallest minute detail of hating and just to completely trash another team. I am so here for this. I am here for all of the hatred. I'm here for all the beef. Again, we need to we need to fight. Week five. Y'all got y'all got a chance to settle it. Y'all doing all this talking. Um, go ahead and fight. Just, just fight them. So this is a little get off my lawn ish, um, but so like I think what we all enjoyed about the Broncos last year was like how they fell completely on their face, right? Like after they acted like they won the Super Bowl when they traded for Russ, um, like it was very like JP. I know you'll appreciate this, like you know the Heat acquiring LeBron and Chris Bosh, like having the like celebration and stuff, like the like a soccer team's like debut or whatever. Um, I feel like the Jets aren't really learning anything from this. You know what I mean? Like what what have like Garrett Wilson is a highly accomplished player. Like I don't think any of us are, are going to disagree with that, but like. Why don't y'all relax a little bit? You know what I mean? Like, I think the Jets are – this is a little bit I, – I respect the troll. I respect the feud. I respect the fight. But this is a little bit of feeling yourself in my mind. Like, this this will come back to bite you if the Broncos destroy the Jets, which would be objectively funny as well. You know how that gets changed? You know how all that talking gets changed? Somebody gets punched in the face. <laughs> Look, week five, you have the chance. You have the ability to do the funniest thing ever. Which is just start a fight free game. I, I just need I need somebody to get to be about that action. Uh, and the Jets have a bunch of players who are about that action. Let's go ahead and get it started. Not even don't even wait for the kickoff. Just go, go ahead pregame. Get get it started. You can fight during the game if you want. After the game, there's got to be a fight.
Um, I told you both I had a, an old man take when it comes to this, but I'll save it for a little bit from now. Uh, Mark, where were you when Deuce Vaughn became the yeah. NFL's greatest rusher? <laughs> I, I, I think I was uh, at the neighborhood pool just kind of hanging out and letting life Sunday vibes come to me. I mean, I, I think, look, the bigger question, RJ, is where were you when that happened? Uh, well, uh, you both know what this is like. Um, I was drowning in content. Like I, I had a moment, like, you know, where like so much stuff is happening that you're like, I actually don't know how to process this mentally. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what to do first. Uh, so it was like, I got to get this blog up. I got to get this possible. I got to get this tweet. I got to get this done. My dog was barking. Then I was hungry. I was thinking about what I was going to eat. Um, uh, I was trying to also enjoy the moment. Uh, so it was a very hectic, uh, content creation sort of like, you know, moment in time for me. Um, I will say this, Deuce Vaughn is like, I have been weary of buying in because the whole storyline is very Cowboys. And like, did y'all know his father is a scout for the team? Like, we've heard it a million times. Like, we don't have to do this every single time the dude is on television. Um, and a lot of people were quick to kind of anoint him as RB2 behind Tony Pollard. But a lot of people have questions about pass protection, given his size and things like that. Um, but the game kind of like, I don't know if either of you watched all of it, but Malik Davis, who you know had a run with the Cowboys last year, was really bad. Uh, Rico Dowdle, who's been promising for the Cowboys, fumbled. So, like, the door was, like, wide open for Deuce Vaughn. He doesn't need much of a crevice. Um, but he took it all. I mean, like, it was it was electrifying. I mean, it, it was one of the most, like, Dallas Cowboys things possible to happen. Um, it was incredible. Do you think he wins that RB2 job, or, or do you think he's just, like, RB3 change of pace guy? I think it's his job. Really? I mean, like, I like it. It depends how you define RB two. Like, like that's such a you know vague yeah. thing. Like, is he the first you know running back in line for carries behind Tony Pollard? I don't know. But what I do think is that he has a far more distinguished and defined offensive role than either Malik Davis or Rico Dowdle. Um, a conversation we've had a lot of blog of the boys since last season ended was how when Tony Pollard got hurt in the division around in San Francisco, the only explosive playmaker on offense left was CeeDee Lamb. And the Cowboys had no options, and they've added Deuce Vaughn. They're starting to use Cavante Turpin on offense. They obviously traded for Brandon Cooks. Uh, Michael Gallup's another year removed from the torn ACL. So, I mean, he offers that element, which is what Mike McCarthy is looking for. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing that stood out about Deuce Vaughn watching him uh, yesterday was – not yesterday, Saturday – was – how how many times he minimized the amount of hits he took. And that's something that, as a running back, you have to be able to do. You want to be able to make people miss. Deuce Vaughn can just naturally make people miss with his agility, the acceleration. He made two Jaguars defenders tackle each other, which was just very, very hilarious to see, including Antonio Johnson, who the Jaguars are very high on as a very sure tackler. He made him just touch earth as a uh, deep safety he was an isolated receiver against uh, linebackers he won those matchups he's going to get a lot of playing time for the cowboys i think he's very well set up to be rb2 but i think the better question is where were you when nathan roy <laughs> took over the country and became canada's finest export touching god and becoming football jesus in the middle of the i game. wrote about that Mark, like, yeah you wrote about that it that was ridiculous <laughs> And I'm, I'm willing to say right now that's the best play we'll see all preseason. Like, that was insane. Like, I, one, three sack attempts. He's in, he's like wrapped up going to the ground. And to get off that kind of throw with that kind of velocity, that's absurd. 
it's uh it's ironic that you of all people wrote about it mark because it was very eli manning super bowl 42 ish um so i mean it had this those vibes in fact in uh, Simpsons where bart like pauses is like this is the moment where his heart broke in half lisa right here um <laughs> uh, but so uh actually full disclosure my um i don't have cable but my fubo not an ad and i'm a fan of theirs but it went out like the service the, the game broadcast went out like not the service but um so it went out for like 30 seconds and i actually missed this live and i saw a tweet that somebody was like nathan manning and i was like what just happened like you know what i mean so then like it came back and i saw i was like holy crap this is incredible um so yeah that was um i mean it wasn't deuce vaughn right. but it was still really cool i mean you know yeah. like I yelled. I yelled when I saw it. I'm pretty sure I made uh, an enemy of some uh, neighbors, but that was the greatest play I think I've ever seen. Well, you take them some chicken parm and you apologize, JP. That's what you do. Yeah, I had to. I had to take them some to apologize. But man, it was it was very fun watching Nathan Rourke, Canada's finest, come in and absolutely tear up the Dallas Cowboys (laughs) in, in Dallas. Just the greatest moment of all time, I think that Nathan Rourke could be traded now if anybody wants to trade the Jaguars and high-impact defensive tackle to go along on that defense, we'll trade you Nathan Rourke and you can have your QB of the future. Well, JP, maybe you should hold off because Trevor Lawrence threw an interception on his second pass of the game that was one of the ugliest throws I've ever seen him have. That's true. That's true. (laughs) It might might be Nathan Rourke time, you know? Um, I told you both that I had an old man take. Um, I really hate when things become popular and then people act like they're – the like original person to do this um so the deuce is loose we're 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 done yeah, with it I, we can retire it it's been said too many times already yeah, like we're stop. not doing that we're not doing that and, and look JP, you're not doing that people are doing we this. gotta stop it <laughs> people have to stop that and what wh- what did we say toad he said toad um i said he was built like a goomba um <laughs> i said yeah, baby Mario, which i think baby mario is really good uh toad is great but like if you're gonna do the whole thing you gotta like like who's dak you know what i mean like who's mccarthy like mccarthy's like i guess like dk dak would figuratively i guess be mario yeah. um maybe that makes cd luigi you know what i mean like that's a, that's a horrible comp for cd but still i, know, I mean you've you got to fill the whole cast out yeah you can fill the whole cast um out. yoshi might be micah Ooh, that's like throw call. with the egg throwing you know what i'm saying that could work yeah um yeah i was so, thinking bowser of micah Oh, that's Just, a really yeah, good call. That's um, good. Actually, yeah, Yoshi can be like Trayvon Dixon. I absolutely but, know what. Uh, but Toad is good. Is. Exactly, but for real, the deuce is loose. Enough. Yeah. No more. Stop, it. Stop no it. More. I'm I'm sick of it. Like it, it, I'm not like offended by it. I'm just like it's it's been done five million times at this point. So. It's just and, so funny that the thing is I hate when things become popular. It's not it's it's not that I hate it's, it's not when things become popular, to be very clear. It's when things become popular, but then people present them as an original creative thought. That's what bothers me. Like again, it, we're like two or three weeks away and we'll do it ourselves from doing like division picks. And the framing of those is I can tell you is gonna because people are gonna be like, look. I'm going to pick the Lions to win the NFC. Like, people are going to frame it like they're they're on this island. Like, right. that is what bothers me. So, for, for someone to be like, the deuce is loose. Holy crap, dude. We had never heard that <laughs> Well, it's like with DJ. Thank you so much. It's like with DJ Moore scored on his very first touch. And I, I did the same thing. My headline, welcome to Chicago, DJ Moore. Like, everybody from the play-by-play announcer on down the line had the same exact reaction. Welcome to Chicago, DJ Moore. None of it was original. There's a uh, the center for the Cowboys is Tyler Biotish. And I hate that anytime anybody talks about him, people are like, you know, 
We call him Tyler Badass. Holy crap. <laughs> no one's ever thought of that before. Y'all are the first. So thank you very much for gracing us with your high-level intellect. Um, you know, that's the first thing that I thought of when you said Tyler Badass. I was like, oh, yeah, Tyler yeah. Badass. Yeah. I, I, bet, I bet you nobody called him that before he made it to the NFL. No. I, and before, no. like, that one radio station did it. I guarantee you nobody else did it before them. So, um Another person who sets us up for easy, um, low-hanging fruit lines or blogs or whatever, Jordan Love um, had his debut uh, for the Green Bay Packers. It was fine. Um, yeah, you know, like, it was fine. Like, I mean, yeah. do we have do we have like a passionate stance? I, I don't really have a passionate stance. I wish he would have hit that third and seven. And I think he get he get like <laughs> really excited when he saw that break it open. He's like, I'm gonna let this thing rip, and he like threw it through the stadium. Like he really, JT O'Sullivan did a great video on that too. Uh, JT's work is so fantastic, but I loved, even though it didn't connect the deep ball to Watson on the left side, cause I loved his eyes on that, like move the safety, you know, made the throw, you know, he did have the touchdown. It was fine. I mean, I'm just, as, as somebody who, like you said, is sort of plugged into like football Twitter, the ongoing war, not even a battle. It's a full on war between Packers Twitter and Bears Twitter over which of their young quarterbacks is going to have the best season. It's just so much fun to watch as a completely neutral observer because, like, you know, Packers fans are trying to like explain everything away. And then, you know, Fields has the two touchdowns, but both were on throws like at or behind the line of scrimmage. So Bears fans are trying to explain <laughs> that. And it's just like they're just killing each other on social media. And it's like, it's August 13th. Like, what are we doing? Honestly. I'm in on Jordan Love. Really? I think he looked. I think he looked good in his time last year against the Eagles when Aaron Rodgers got hurt. He looked a lot yeah. more confident, even in the preseason game. This two series, he looked confident. He looked like a starting quarterback. Like what Mark said on the deep throw to Watson. You wish he would have completed that, but you love the eyes. You love how he moved over to that pass. There are a lot of things that I think. Like, look, man, I think a lot of people crown the Lions as like the runaway favorites in that division. I think the go, Packers are go good, man. I think the Packers are still going to challenge for the division championship. It's going to be very close between those two. Should you can add the Vikings in there. I think that it's going to be a very, very close race. I don't think the Lions are going to absolutely blow out everybody else in that division. It's going to be very close. They're going to be very good games. And I think mainly a large part of that is because I think Jordan Love can actually be pretty good. He's not going to be Aaron Rodgers, although we're going to do the Aaron Rodgers thing a whole lot. David Bakhtiari has already set him up for that, but saying like we run a lot more RPOs now and kind of joking with Jeremy Fowler where he said Aaron Rodgers is slow as shit and Jordan Love can actually run. That's funny, but he's not going to be Aaron Rodgers, but he's going to be fine. He's going to be good to me. I think he, I think he's going to got a lot of stuff working for him. I think the Packers have a lot of stuff working for them in that offense. Um. This is low-hanging fruit, um, but I think that Jordan Love and Trey Lance are in similar boats, um, and they're just kind of sailing in different directions, And which is strange because I think we all trust the San Francisco coaching staff more. Not that that's an indictment on Matt LaFleur and everybody, but um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you, JP. Like I'm, I'm willing to buy a little bit of stock. I'm, I think the NFC North could be really contentious. I think that's a really strong take, and that's where I think the Lions are a little bit different than like the Jets and Garrett Wilson. They're like, whoa, everybody chill out. Like the, like everyone's like jumping on this line. They're like, look, we know how this ends. Like you know what I mean? Like we were five and zero once upon a time, and it blew up in our faces. Like we don't need anybody to tell us how wonderful we are. Um, meanwhile, the Jets are kind of soaking it in. Um, yeah, I mean, 
like I, I said this at the time with Mike McCarthy, like I, it's fair to give the the Packers coaching staff like a benefit of the doubt relative to like the success they've had in the past and their development of players, certainly the development of quarterbacks. So yeah, Jordan Love, let's party. Like I'm let's let's be weird. I'm 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 a fan of of what's happening here. It's interesting. It is interesting. I think we have to remember that they were very willing to move on from Aaron Rodgers. Like everything, like Ty Dunn and on down the line. They were just like, all right. You don't got to go home, but you can't stay here, buddy. Like, it's time for you to go do something else. Um, there's a reason for that, and it's Jordan Love. And whether it was what they saw in practice, what they saw in limited action against Kansas City, or like JP pointed out, the Eagles, they're really excited about him. And look, even the third and seven miss, it's like he sees that. He sees the underneath defender breaking on the route. And again, the Trey Lance example, Lance would have thrown it right to that underneath defender. Love made the, you know, anticipation throw, thrown Musgrave away from that defender. He just didn't connect on it because I think he was so excited to see it. I'm, a, I'm, yeah, I'm really excited about what we're going to see from Love this year. Um, I just saw this tweet. Um, I was totally listening to you, Mark. I know, I know. Uh, I appreciate I just saw this Multitask. tweet. Uh, from me. From Ian, I, I'm a little bit overwhelmed with all the, like, football content, if I'm being honest. Um, and this kind of proves the point. Uh, Ian Rappaport tweeted, Prime Video is announcing a green light order for Kelsey, a documentary that follows Eagles All-Pro Center Jason Kelsey through the 2022-2023 season. Why, why do we, I hate when we do that, too. Like, it's the 2022 season. It's not 2020. This isn't the NBA or the NHL, whatever. Anyway, um, the documentary premieres September 12th on Prime Video. Uh, so we'll get to see uh, the Eagles losing the Super Bowl again, JP. We we needed this. We need we need we have enough documentaries following quarterbacks and the glamour positions. Who cares about those guys? We need more documentaries about linemen, about offensive and defensive linemen. Those are the real people that matter on a football team. Those are where the games are won. We don't need to see any more documentaries about quarterbacks. They get their, their heads are too big anyway. They get all the glitz. They get all the glamour, and then the offensive line gets blamed for everything. The first side it goes wrong. No 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 no. Let's get some real football in here. Let's get Jason Kelsey a documentary. He, he's probably the guy that most deserves it. He's super funny. He has basically been the Eagles' most important offensive player since maybe when they won the Super Bowl. So I'm all for it. I'm excited to see it. I'm going to put that in my calendar. I cannot wait. I just want a second holiday album, okay? Because last year's holiday album was fantastic. I need another one. And if that's part of this, then yeah, I'm all in. Did you see Jordan Mailata's wedding singing? Is that was tremendous. Jordan Mailata thing, man. That is, like it's not that fair is that people thing. are that talented. And it's so many different things. Yeah, well, you got pick one. You can either be great at football or be a great singer. You can't be both. I'm not a fan of talking about the Eagles in such a positive light for obvious reasons. But um, but I will say, my only think about uh, think about this is like you can't call it Kelsey. Like there are two of them, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, like if you knew, if I told you, hey, there's a documentary called Kelsey coming out, you wouldn't have known, like who I was talking about, you know? Like, call it Jason, you know what I mean? Like that, that's actually more unique, uh, like than Kelsey at this oh, point. Jason? Uh, yeah, like what's Jason? Jason? Uh, Friday the Thirteenth? I don't know. That? What's happening? Uh, I mean, I'm just saying, if you called it, like, actually, if you if you both had told me, like, hey, Prime Video is doing a documentary called Kelsey, I would have presumed it was about both of them. Yeah, um, and about like the fair. run of the Super Bowl and their mom, like that's what I'm saying. Like it, the the name needs some work. That's all I'm saying. Like let's be more specific. Um, you know, call it like Kelsey the Eagle. You know what I mean? Like something like that. Like we we need to narrow down what this is about. I think they named it aptly because people are going to initially think of the most important Kelsey, 
which is Jason Kelsey. Yeah, let's talk about the offensive line. Let's get some real. Let's get some real television in here. We don't Strong need another SEO around you know, Kelsey too. That, that might have been it. We don't need another season of quarterback. We don't. We don't need another season of quarterback. Do a different position. Do lineman. Do um, Andrew. Do defensive tackle. Get DJ Reader on the documentary. You know, I want to see some DJ Reader content. You know, give me Dexter Lawrence. Give me a documentary about Dexter Lawrence or something. Jake Moody. Christian Wilkins. At, yeah. Eh, hold on. That's Had a struggle. A little too far. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> kind of struggling. Um, yeah. All right. Last thing. Um, th- these are two questions, but we're each going to answer them simultaneously. What was the silliest overreaction that you saw as a result of the first week of the preseason? And what is the most warranted overreaction that you saw? But this has to be like a real reaction. This can't be something you're making up, like some sort of straw man thing. This has to be something that people are actually saying and talking about. Mark, you go first, please. The silliest one is C.J. Stroud is a bust and Ohio State quarterbacks can't process the field. Like, can, can, can we stop? Like, again, to where we began. It is game one. And people sort of were like, when he threw the pick on Thursday night, oh, what coverage was New England? Was it cover one? Was one robber? Was it two man? Jalen Mills was freelancing. He even admitted it after the game. He's like, yeah, I was in man coverage on the tight end, but he was in the backfield, so I just made it look like cover two. I knew I could play it from depth, and I just read his eyes. Like, he got his pocket picked. That happens. Like, let's calm down that he's a bust and he can't read the field when Jalen Mills is out there, like, going off script. So that was the silliest. Like, we got to calm down. The most warranted one, sticking with that Texans-Pats game, the Malik Cunningham hype. I am 100% all in on this. I, he's Look, he's not going to win the job. He's not going to be the starter. But he's going to have a role to play in this offense this year. He, they're they're going to put it together a little package of plays for him. They're going to do some things with him. Face him. I am I am a hundred percent on board with this. I can already see like it's going to be an important division game against like the Jets. Third and one, and, and cut like, it hand really comes in, it. and they take Mac Jones off the field. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to make for content. <laughs> We're going to have both of them on the field. Lee Cunningham's going to line up at receiver. He's going to do the old. Oh, there you go. We're like, and then he throws it downfield. And it's just like Bill Belichick Jedi love mind it. trick. Absolutely love Jets it. In. Um, JP. So the silliest overreaction. The Bears are back. Let's let's <laughs> relax. All of this right now. I am very. I for one am very excited about what the Bears offense can do. But let's please take a chill pill on like this Bears offense is going to be one of the best in the league. Okay. First of all, the biggest takeaway from those two long touchdowns is that the Titans can't tackle. The Titans' backups cannot tackle. They cannot play blocks. That is the first big takeaway you should have right there. Second, look, man, it wasn't downfield passing. It, we, you cannot have a serious reaction to Justin Fields throwing three passes for 150 yards on, and both of them were like screen passes. Not to those. jump in, the screen pass to Moore was behind him. Like, I love Justin Fields, it was, but he missed it. It was behind him. There were two things that I saw from that screen that I think that you should take away. One, the pass is behind him. Justin Fields can work on that. Two, that's why you go and get DJ Moore, because he can turn a screen pass behind him into a 65-yard touchdown. That's fine. You have players who can generate yak now. Congrats. You don't need, we don't need to make any harsh generalizations about this Bears offense, or this Bears team. They had eight sacks, I think, on the Titans. But we knew going in, the Titans offense was going to be bad, and Will Levis still cannot feel pressure at all. That is a major issue. Like, I look, man, 
it's going to be rough for the Titans if Brian Tannehill is not 100% or just doesn't take snaps this year. You can We cannot have harsh realizations about this Bears offense right now or this Bears team. They're still very young. They still do not have a lot of depth. Let's just wait until the regular season. Let's give me like at least like four games before we start making some harsh generalizations. But I think the most warranted overreaction, and we talked about earlier, is um, Broncos might be Broncos might be bad. Broncos offense might be really bad. Um, like we said, Russ still does not look great outside of the deep play action, deep pocket stuff, and that means you have to be able to run the ball very well because he's not going to throw a quick game. He can't throw a quick game at this point. He he either is too inaccurate or too scared, and he's going to bail on the pocket in one-step drop action. He was getting passes batted. You normally don't see Russ get passes batted, even though he's like 5'10". That's a, that's a problem. It's a major issue. The offensive line was a major issue. I think there was a route, like the first, the first big incompletion that uh, Russ threw on third down, it was supposed to be like a little switch route and a return route for uh, Callaway, the slot receiver. And Callaway runs out. But before he gets into the return, he just stops running. He just stops running the route. And you are the main read. Russ is not taking his eyes off of you. you. Brother, you need to keep running. I don't care what's in front of you. Keep running. Find space. But the thing about it is Russ is locked onto that read. And so he doesn't feel the pressure. The offensive lineman completely opens up the inside. So the, the edge rush is able to slip back inside. But on the backside of the play, Jerry Judy absolutely dusts the outside corner and has an open touchdown if Russ works back to the other side of the field. But is Russ going to do that? I don't know. This all just does not feel like very, very good vibes coming from the Broncos offense. I, the alarm bells are ringing hard right now. I think those are both fair. Um, the Bears one is a little harsh, um, but they're both fair nonetheless. Um, mine are a bit unique because um, I wanted to be. Um, my silliest overreaction is actually an overreaction to the overreaction, and you both are guilty of it. Let let the Tankdale truthers live. Like y'all, y'all are like you know y'all don't want to let people who like Tankdale enjoy their preseason. Like like so there's this like reverse overreaction now happening where people have to like and i think some of this was the like effect of it being um the first preseason game or outside of the hall of fame game like it was in that that thursday window so everybody was like you know super like you know ready to jump like because we were starving for this so like something cool happens and and we just have to fight all of a sudden like we're just conditioned to do that some people like tank dell's awesome mark and jp are like tank dell's a loser we hate him this wasn't even, you know what, Mark? Now understanding it, the Nathan Rourke thing was Eli Manning. This was Jermaine Curse. No wonder you're so upset about this. Like this was a really horrible moment for you. Yeah, it was. It was personally painful, and I felt offended, and I had to lash out. I apologize to lash out to my coworkers here, but it it, it cut me to the core. What can I say? Um, Tank Dell rules. Um, the Tank Dell were were actually like very very good. Now I hope he's very good in the NFL. It would be a very it would be very like unprecedented. For a receiver that weighs 160 pounds soaking wet to be good in the NFL. It's, I'm a, small, for it. it's a small king it's, world, JP. Tank Dell, Deuce Vaughn, like they're coming for us all. Yeah, outside of quarterback, I agree with you. But the jury's still out. Bryce Young, the weight <laughs> of all short people in the world is on your shoulders. And did you guys see that like graphic? Over at NFL Network, where it's like got hit three times, got up four times, like in the like lower third. Like 
And I think JP made a stat board. What did, what did you call it? Get up over expectations. Get up over yeah. expectations. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he, his get up over expectations is real high. It's right by Mahomes. There's some positives here. You know, <laughs> the GUOE is real high. That's um, a, a very positive sign for a quarterback. Especially the gua. Yeah, the gua. The gua. Gua. Whatever. The gua. Yeah, I like that. Not a lot of rookies have high gua. Good for you, Bryce. David Carr, no gua. Yeah. <laughs> okay. David Carr, no gua. I was going to go um, with um, – with with another car, I was gonna go with the Saints defense being legit as the most like justified or what warranted reaction, um, overreaction, whatever. But so again, it's it's mine's more of a unique thing. I am totally willing to buy in that Stetson Bennett will start games for the Rams this year. Like I know there's all this like Clayton Toon talk for the Cardinals. Like uh, and and again, this is just like a, a matter of circumstance, like a matter of what the Rams have going. Like they are a disaster. Like they are an abject failure. I did not enjoy that game whatsoever on Saturday night. Um, but um i'm i very much believe that this will happen like like i'm if you told me the over under on stetson bennett starts for the rams this regular season was one and a half i would take the over i think the funnier question is is stetson bennett going to play the rams out of the caleb williams drink period i don't that touchdown um, he threw, that man be, that had some heat on it that would be hilarious if stetson bennett Comes in as like, nah, you don't need Caleb Williams or Drake May. I got y'all right here. Get out the way, Stafford. Another Georgia boy is coming in and taking your job. And Matt Stafford's honestly got to be pissed. Like, if, if like it gets to the end of his career, and then the guy who ultimately had a better career at Georgia than the job. number one yeah. overall quarterback then takes his job, it would be very funny. But look, man, <laughs> it would be very funny if Stetson Bennett just like comes in for the Rams and just lights up a team with playoff aspirations. Um, it will, uh, to be very, very, very clear. Um, it's just, it's, it, it's all, it makes all the, I think that Stafford's fine. I think like, I think we're a year away from Matthew Stafford working for Fox. Like that, that just kind of feels like destiny at this point in time. Um, and so, yeah, I fully believe it. I don't know if either of you wrote about this. Did you guys see the Sonny Michelle Stetson Bennett thing that was floating around when Sonny Michelle retired? No. Yes. It so they played together at Georgia and like, this was just like a funny Stetson Bennett thing. Like they played together at Georgia. Then Sony Michelle was drafted, played his entire NFL career, won what? Two Super Bowls, Mark. Um, I mean, like bounced around, it like became a journeyman. You know what I mean? Like in the NFL <laughs> and retired <laughs> like um, and retired from the Rams where he was once again, teammates for a brief moment in time, but still a moment with Stetson Bennett. Like again, it's the most Stetson, Stetson Bennett possible step. Right, exactly. Okay, like it's amazing. So uh, we need to come up with all the funny like Stetson Bennett memes yeah. we can. Like when when God said, "Let there be light," Stetson Bennett turned on the switch. You know, we we need all the funny Stetson Bennett memes. You know, he was out there throwing passes to Jesus. You know, he he was Jesus's high yeah. school quarterback. Um, yeah, yeah. Stetson Bennett. Again, if I set the if I made the over under up, I'll up, I'll bump it to two and a half. Two and a half starts. Over I'll take the over. I'll take the over. I think week 13, they play Cleveland in, in LA. I think that is a prime Stetson Bennett game where things just get very weird. And like maybe the Rams aren't good and Stafford's trying to shut it down for the rest of the season. Stetson Bennett comes in, upsets the potential playoff bound Cleveland Browns. 
just a hilarious sentence right there. Stetson Bennett, starting quarterback for the Los Angeles Rams, upsets playoff bound Cleveland Brown. With Sonny Michelle in the crowd. Yeah. And then we got like a picture afterwards, and it's like a, you know, it's a, it's thing. a whole thing. So, well said. Uh, Rachel, if you could please join us and uh, let us know um, your thoughts on Stetson Bennett and your thoughts on life in general um, and your thoughts on Secret Invasion on Disney Plus, um, as well as who won the MFW MVP. Uh, life is good. That's <laughs> life is good. Uh, I'm sad that the you know, summer is coming to an end, but you know, Mark loves fall, so I know he's looking forward to that. Um, I have not seen that on uh, Disney Plus, so I can't really share my thoughts on wow. that story. Yeah. Um, but anybody watching Love Island? Did anybody watch <laughs> What? Love Island. Love that's Island, that's all you, Rachel. Yeah. I've heard, I haven't seen Love Island UK. I unfortunately was shown Love Island US before UK. And Love Island US is too chaotic for me. Okay, okay. All right. Well, I'll share my I'll say I'll save my thoughts on those. But for today, um, I really, really liked JP's point on Russ and how you just feel like he's it's kind of alarming right now because he's not clearly changing his game, but he needs to evolve in some type of way. Like he's not the same player that he was when he came into the league. So I really like your point on that. Also like your point on uh the NFC North in Jordan Love. That was really, really strong. Mark, um, I liked your point on Anthony Richardson and how you were talking about early in the show, how his storyline, like in his rookie season, is going to be some play. Some people are going to love him. Some people are going to hate him. That just is what it is. Um, RJ, I like your point about the Jets and how they're kind of feeling themselves. And it's kind of like, at the end of the day, this could come back and bite them. So we'll just kind of see how all of this plays out. And out of everybody, I really did enjoy RJ, Silius, and Warranted. And so I'm going to give it to RJ today. There we go. There we go. I didn't get any props last week in this portion Sorry. of the episode. So I, I do feel like this is a little bit of a pity thing. Um, oh, I, I, I want to thank the Jets uh, for serving as kind of the the Nas uh, to my ride here to get me across the finish line. I would also like to thank the Jets uh, because, and Rachel, this is a spoiler for the NFC's mixtape. I had never heard the song Shivers by Ed Sheeran until Hard Knocks last week. I don't know how that like had slipped past me. Really? Uh, but like early in that so that was like the aaron Rodgers montage which was sickening um but like so that song was playing i was like oh, this slaps i was like what is this song um and i shazammed it and it was like oh this has been one of the most popular songs in the world for three years like you know so um shout out to me uh, i guess for that but that song rocks and apparently that's the one he does like the cool like machine thing at his concerts or whatever so yeah i fell down a youtube rabbit hole on it Sharon. very cool if you want if you want more good songs to listen to, the AI version of Plankton singing uh, <laughs> in various songs is so good. It's so good. He has like there are two that I love the most, and they're both songs by Creed. One is higher, and I was like, man, why is Plankton sound so hurt in this song? And then with arms wide open, I don't know why Plankton just Plankton really rocks at the divorced dad rock songs. Like I need a whole album of Plankton just singing divorced dad rock. Uh, Plankton was the original short king, JP. He paved the way for Bryce Young and Deuce Vaughn and Tank Dell. Uh, so we really have him to thank for it. The, the gua on Plankton has to be Massive. extraordinarily high. Yeah. Extraordinary. Uh, Record leader gua. Um, as we leave, I would like JP to say the word gua eight times. Ooh. Gua, 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 gua.